And this is the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So, whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to begin this moment by saying I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the difficult circumstances of this year and my absence in the midst of so many of them. I'm sorry for the struggles that we faced in trying to create community when we're not allowed to gather together with one another or when technology fails us and makes it nearly impossible to at least to do it safely. I'm sorry for the variety of disappointments that we've faced this year as plans have been delayed or set aside altogether. Life passages put in sort of a holding pattern until it is that it is safe for us to move forward with life and its celebrations itself. I say this because for me, so often in my life, Ash Wednesday has seemed like the perfect opportunity to just come before God and say, I'm sorry. In fact, for me, so often that's what it's only been about, saying I'm sorry and then moving on, because it seems like we're doing it at each and every turn. Shortly after this moment, we're going to confess our sins, saying we're sorry before God. We're going to have ashes put onto our forehead, a sign of that feeling of remorse that we might have as we come before God. We're soon to enter into a season of penitence, saying I'm sorry again and again and again as we confess our sins each and every Sunday, but perhaps each and every day in between. But I also realize that pretty soon I'm going to be sorry again. Very quickly after the service is over, I'm going to wipe off the cross from my forehead and, and mess up again, which will make me have to come back and say I'm sorry once more. Indeed, today is one of those moments where we see before us that my transgression and my sin is ever before me. 
Those, of course, are the words of the psalmist. I don't need to look far to find my transgressions, to find my iniquities, to find my sin. Indeed, the psalmist uses all of those words to describe that sort of fundamental element of the human experience in our life of faith. Those different words all point to the same fundamental truth, that we fall short in our relationship with each other and with God so very often. But I also recognize that I needn't look very far to find God's love and God's mercy and God's grace either. In fact, it's mercy that bookends our psalm this day. It begins and ends with the affirmation that in God is capable of extending mercy to, yes, even someone as sorry as me. And we we and the psalmist aren't simply saying sorry so that we can be forgiven to mess up again. Instead, we come before God seeking something greater than just forgiveness. We seek altogether a transformation. It's not about the forgiving of transgressions, but it's that God blots them out altogether. It's not about feeling bad for our iniquities, but recognizing that God has washed them all away. It's not about God forgetting our sins, but it's about us being cleansed from them, that we may rise anew to a life in unison with God's will for us and those around us. It's not enough to simply come before God and say, I'm sorry for this or forgive me for that. Indeed, that's not what the psalmist says. The psalmist pleads before God this day. The psalmist says, let the bones you've crushed rejoice. This isn't just a 40-day New Year's resolution where I, I eat less chocolate or more filet of fish to show God how much I really care about my faith, how much I care about my relationship with God. It's about experiencing something altogether new. It's about being recreated in God. Indeed, that's the highlight of this psalm. The phrase that makes its way into our liturgy throughout the year, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Begging to God to create us anew. In other words, we're not just manipulating God's grace into our lives with empty promises of doing better next time. It's not that we give alms or, or, or fast so that we can somehow convince God that we're worthy of God's love. But when we give alms or, or when we fast or when we pray to God, what we're admitting is that we trust that God has already given us all we need to live when we set aside things like, like foods or when we set aside uh, financial resources, we give them up or give them away. We do it because we recognize that in God we already have all that we need to live. So these things that help us to live daily no longer hold us captive, but free us to help others. It's an affirmation that we trust that in God we have our livelihoods already. A small part of today is about saying, I'm sorry, but it's so much more than that. Uh, a small part of today is about despairing over the ways that we've fallen short, but it's so much more than that. 
because I know I'm going to have to say I'm sorry again because I know I'm already going to fall short again the moment I wipe the cross away from my forehead if I even make it that long. But today is about something greater. It's about recognizing God's grace is more than an infinite loop of me messing up, asking for forgiveness and being forgiven. It's more than a continuous loop of remission of sins. Instead, it is about experiencing a new way of life altogether, a new and joyful heart that sings out and prays to God in response to God's love and God's grace and God's mercy that we experience not just today, but each and every day every day of our lives. We cannot change the past. But right now, God is offering us an opportunity to be changed in the present and with it to experience a future of promise, a future of hope, a future of resurrection. But that path of resurrection leads first through and to the cross. Being sorry is fine. It's a part of our everyday lives. It's a necessary part of the human existence. But being created anew is even better. And we have an entire season to experience that renewal right now, to experience that process until it is that we rise anew on Easter, singing out once more in praise to God for the gift of new life. And so join me as we walk this Lenten journey together. Maybe one filled with sorrow and despair, but I assure you it is an opportunity likewise for great renewal and restoration as we pray to God once more, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Thanks be to God. Amen.